a little later on this month, the EarthX Expo takes place, as you well know. It used to be Earth Day until Trammell Crow got hold of it and turned it into this enormous, in fact, I think the largest, you know, exposition of its sort in the world. It'll all be out at Fair Park. But there are a lot of aspects to it. On the one hand, you can go out there and you can see exhibits and if you've never seen an electric car ride in one or that sort of thing. But also there's an e-capital summit takes place that really attracts a, a diverse group. Now, there's one that's going to be, oh, I've forgotten what day it is. I think the 20th, 21st. But it's Lessons of Resilience, Innovators' Perspectives. And Jane Mosbacher-Morris, who's the CEO and founder of To The Market, is going to be there and talk about what she does and how she did it. And she's going to give us a preview right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, David. So let me first of all, let me ask you about your company. I want to I want to talk about the struggles, and we can talk about EarthX. But I read about to the market. It says turnkey solution for ethical manufacturing and sourcing of apparel, accessories, and home goods. Now, individually, I understand what each of those words mean, but collectively, I have no idea what your company does. Well, I'd love to tell you. (laughs) I've come to the right person, right? (laughs) You have, indeed. So to the market, we are actually a software platform. Um, So we are a technology-based company, and we partner with other companies. That could be a brand, a retailer, a corporation. We actually even work with nonprofits, and we help them essentially de-risk their supply chain. So what that means is we can help. I like the sound of that, considering what we've been through for the last two years. You have come it, along yes. at the right time, but carry on. I, I, no question. We have some great, great tailwinds. Um, and I think during COVID, everybody suddenly became an expert on all things supply chain because it finally impacted all of us. Everyone uh, but what to the market does is we help companies to identify, vet, and monitor ethical and sustainable suppliers to transact from these suppliers. So to actually not only vet and monitor them, but actually to transact from them, i.e. source and manufacture from them, and then to actually create impact data on what they have sourced from them. So let me give you an example, because I know that sounds like a lot. So you can have a Fortune 1000 size company like a Walgreens, who could come to, to the market and say, hey, we are interested in introducing more ethically made, more sustainably made product onto our 5,000 plus stores. And to the market's platform can help them identify vetted and monitored suppliers. So meaning suppliers around the world that have been vetted and monitored on their ethical footprint. So think things like labor compliance, their environmental footprint, What's their wastewater usage? What's their chemical usage? Um, And then actually transact from those suppliers. So actually buy goods from those suppliers. And then what our platform does is say, hey, great job from sourcing from an ethical and sustainable supplier because you did so. And the product that you sourced had, you know, these sustainability characteristics, we can give them what's called life cycle assessment data. So that's things like liters of water saved or carbon emissions avoided because of choosing more sustainable fabrications. And it's all rolled into the to the market platform. I got it. You're a broker. That's what we used to call a broker in the old days. That's what we yes, used to call no, it. Yes, no, you're right. But we, you're we are ethical as... what that industry looks like. Absolutely. Where you're really helping to enable both parties to get what they need and what they want and work together in a way that is not only commercially viable, 
but is also democratizing access to the most ethical and sustainable suppliers. Because we as a country have been really, really indexed in one country, in China, in manufacturing, and haven't necessarily looked as broadly as we should into other communities who are doing some really great work on on producing ethical and sustainable goods. So my assumption is that you're dealing with, on the one hand, a lot of fairly small niche companies that would like to become fairly large and not particularly niche companies, and then turning around and deal, brokering them into the Walgreens of the world, larger companies. So that, that's sort of the introduction. How do, you fi- how do you find your companies? Well, it's, you know, some of the suppliers we work with are smaller, absolutely. But some of them have hundreds of millions of dollars of production capacity. Really? So there are lots of, I mean, our platform represents about a billion dollars in production capacity. And certainly there are a long tail of smaller producers, but we have a number of really highly certified ethical and sustainable producers who have the ability to do hundreds of millions of dollars on an annual basis. They just have been shut out from the American market for decades and have often been focused on the European market. And it's really um, not until someone like to the market is coming along and helping push them into the American market that they're able to sort of play ball. Um, But how do we actually find them? Great question. Um, So I actually started my career working at the U.S. Department of State. Um, I worked in counterterrorism, and I was uh, working all over the world and started forging relationships in communities where there were a lot of of businesses that were that were developing, um, oftentimes in response to sort of a lack of economic opportunity. And that was really the foundation for the businesses that I had these really extraordinary relationships in these emerging economies that we could build on and I could help network into the U.S. You've you've done this at a time. I mean, I guess you could have done this 20 years ago. But the fact is, with the supply chain and, you know, technology, this must be a lot easier. I'm, I'm not saying it's an easy job. But I don't know that you could have done this easily 20 years ago, could you? I think it would have been really hard. I mean, even, you know, five and especially be a global ago, company. It's absolutely global. So we have suppliers in over 50 countries. Um, our team is global. We have teammates in over five countries. But I think technology has made it so much easier to have direct connectivity to the people who are actually producing your products And so you're very quickly able to see what is the working condition of the operator in this factory that I am sourcing my goods from. Would I feel good about the fact if my consumer saw my brand name on the factory floor and looked around at the factory floor conditions, would I feel proud of having my product being made in that that place? And with technology, I think also brings tremendous risk because companies are finally realizing that they must do better on the way in which they source and manufacture. They must look at the facilities that are producing their goods that bear their name and to see if those facilities are in fact aligning with the values that these enterprise companies yeah. are espousing to the public market. Cause oftentimes there's a massive disconnect. Right. And, and more, there's more rightfully there's, there's more demand for that, but also what they've learned is they need to have, have a second source too. 
Absolutely. Having syndication and diversification is critical. I mean, we really suffered during COVID because we were so over-indexed into one country. And I think being over-indexed into any country, whether it's China or a different one, is risky. One always wants to have multiple factories that are capable of producing a product line or uh, a raw material, and ideally multiple factories in different countries, because you just don't know what might take place that could inhibit your ability to get core material or core good. Right. So where's the gro- where, where are you seeing the growth? Is it is it in Mexico? We've heard a lot of business going to India and Vietnam, but also they're talking about onshoring a lot of businesses. You know, onshoring is definitely a medium term effort because there is a lot of infrastructure development that is required to make that possible. And and unfortunately, there's a lot of skills development that is required. I mean, we have as a country, really lost touch with a lot of our core manufacturing skills, whether that's sewing or, you know, harder manufacturing. And so it's going to take some time for us to get to a place where we can be competitive again. That said, from a, like a, a geography focus standpoint, I would say that a lot continues to move into South Asia. Um, so India and Bangladesh are two highly accretive countries for us. Um, they're places where you can have access to pretty steady, sustainable material. So think organic cotton, um, which fits very well in our focus area. But we do see, you know, some some level of volume that moves to Central and South America. I think, you know, the challenge there is is that you're still competing with a lack of access to sustainable materials on a consistent basis. So if you want to, for example, produce in Mexico, you often have to actually import your organic cotton in from South Asia, which means that, yeah, you're not having the- It's like dominoes. I know it's really tough. It's not easy. I mean, so your access is, you know, you can have sustainably grown cotton, which means it's not certified as organic. You can have U.S. made cotton. That's, of course, much more expensive. But- it, it is, there is certainly progress um, in Central and South America, but it, it still, if you can believe it, faces cost constraints complete, compared to places like um, in India or in Bangladesh, where you can have a practically vertically integrated supply chain. You, you are juggling many balls in the air, and I and I can see why everybody's going to make a beeline to uh, to your e-capital summit. Uh, and, and do you know what day it is? Because I, I um, yes, we are speaking on the twenty first. Okay, I so so one day into what otherwise is the uh, I guess three or four day long EarthX Expo and the Congress. Oh, twentieth. We're speaking on the twentieth. So you're the first. So, and I'm actually speaking with my husband, which will be the first time I'm speaking on a panel with my husband, which will be pretty great. And I'm glad to hear you're still speaking. Jane Mossbacher <laughs> Morris is the CEO and founder of To the Market. Thank you very much for the time fascinating thanks for more of our conversation go to krld.com slash ceo david johnson news radio 1080 krld